0: What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning into the Mishmash podcast. Today, my guest is Jason Hoffman, managing partner and chief instructor of the Max Challenge of Edison, and a longtime martial artist instructor as well, right? As well, yes, correct. Tiger Shulmans? Tiger Shulmans. All right. Jason, thanks so much for coming through, man. I feel like this is a conversation a couple of years in the making. So. Amen, amen, Absolutely. Um, so I, I usually start these off with a little background information, uh, just to kind of give people an idea of how we know each other and, and set that foundation for us. And I was thinking of it this morning. I think that that's se- the first season that, uh, our daughters played together on, I think it was the Broncos team, right?
1: Flag football, right?
0: Yeah. Flag football 2017. Was that, that was Keith's team where they had the, the matching bows and stuff, right? Oh
1: my gosh. Yep. They were, as the kids call it, they were in the full drip. No, oh, absolutely. They call it. Yeah, no.
0: And it, it was great. And the funny thing was they looked adorable and that was the comment I think they got more than anything else before the game started was how cute they looked because they had the matching bows and the socks and then they went out and absolutely steamrolled Amen. the entire season. I think, oh, that was, that was the season they lost to the Redskins in the, uh, the Super Super Bowl, Bowl, I think. Yeah. But I think, did Chloe pick one up after
1: the fact? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? She did finally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sarah finally got one too, which was nice, but, um, yeah, no. And I think it's cool. Like how cool is it to think that flag football is like the norm now, you know, like when, at least when I was a kid, there were no girls that played football. You know, if they were, they, they were labeled as tomboys or whatever it was. There certainly was no league and teams for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's amazing. Right. I mean, aren't they playing in college or scholarships or flag fights? It's unbelievable. The league and the, the appreciation for it has grown. I mean, you know, nationwide. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. And that season, if I remember correctly, I think Keith actually reached out to uh to the Broncos organization and they had sent some, you know, some yeah, swag they supplied, and stuff.
1: yeah, some some pretty cool things. Yeah. yeah. Appreciation for the girls and and cheering them on, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. So
0: and, and that's one of the things that I love. Like it, there's so many statistics about girls and sports and you know, Sarah, my daughter, is 11, so she's she's not quite at that, you know, falling off cusp, but Chloe just turned 13, you said, right? Yep, 13. So she's right at that... Uh that hovering point really. Is she still involved with sports at all? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Chloe is uh, active in softball. She's (laughs) recovering from a field hockey injury. She actually stepped, she just started playing field hockey this year at Thorne. And just in a recent game, like three weeks ago, I was going after the ball, stepped on it and rolled her ankle pretty Uh, bad. But yeah, she loves, you know, loves softball. She loves field hockey and, uh, you know, flag football. She, uh, yeah, actually I think she is playing. She's playing again. Yeah. Yeah. I think the season's coming up.
0: So uh, we we've pared it down from four AAU basketball teams down to two, but we added the travel team. So yeah. unfortunately flag is, uh, uh, in the distant rear view here at this point. Yeah. But, um, No, so that's great. And then uh, Jake is in high school, right? Yeah, Jake
1: just started at RBC, freshman at RBC. He's Jake's baseball is his thing, you know, travel. And uh, he'll be playing, of course, in the spring of 2024 at RBC. But right now finishing up actually this season or uh, this weekend is the playoffs uh, for he plays with the Jersey Giants out of Keensburg. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: And that's the thing, right? Like we were just talking off air about how it's important to lead by example. And you guys seem like a very active family, you know, um, which I guess is a perfect segue right into the topic. So what I wanted to discuss with you today was, I, I guess the broad stroke would just be, you know, the nutritional fitness crisis, I guess, in the country, you know, uh, statistics show, I think it's like something like 41% of adult Americans are considered obese. Yeah. Uh, I think the diabetes rate is like 11% of all adults. It, it's, it's scary when you start looking at the numbers and factor in that we have what, like almost 350 million people. That's an unbelievable yeah, number ratio of people. It is.
1: It's, 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 it's staggering. It's, uh, and I'll tell you this, uh, you know, our country doesn't make it easy. You know, let's say it's, really easy to find processed food full of sugars, chemicals, additives. And, you know, it's, and, and, and if people don't take the time, look, I've always said information's always been out there never more than now. (laughs) We have Googles here. I mean, we have every device known to humankind that we could just in a moment find out label information or just information about a product or, a um, an ingredient in a product, but somebody has got to take the time and they have to, they have to care enough to do it. Um, Well, exactly.
0: And I think that sometimes even the care is there, but I think for me, I I can kind of speak from experience, I guess, from being on both sides of this, but like, I think there needs to be a catalyst in some ways. Right. And I have a couple of like watershed moments for me in terms of nutrition and and not, not so much the fitness side fitness. I've always been into working out, you know, going back to the high school days or whatever. And I don't know that fitness is necessarily the bigger issue for people. I think it's that excess of access that we have to just crap. Like you said, processed food is Mm -hmm. everywhere. It's easy. It's cheap. I mean, there's a whole deep dive we could take into, you know, the decision-making behind like how these restaurants wind up where they do, you know, socioeconomically. Sure. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. No, it's crazy. But I know for me specifically- like, I was always a Burger King kid. You know, I mean, in high school, I, I burned it off before I finished eating it at that point, you know? So I never really thought much about it until uh, Heather and I got to college. And our freshman text was this book called Fast Food Nation. And it was kind of like an expose about the fast food industry, really focused on McDonald's, but, you know, f- burgers and, and that whole process in general. And that was like an eye opening thing for me. Like, I cold turkey stopped eating. The, the burgers at that point that's from that amazing. point forward, because yeah. it was just so horrifying to me. And that's an example, like you said, of like the information being out there. And I mean, it was great that they chose it for us as our text, because I wouldn't have just randomly picked that up. Yeah, you know?
1: no, absolutely. I agree. You know, and and like I said, look, we, we're parents and we, we not saying that it's easy to take a child and, and bend them to meet your will because <laughs> they have a will of their own. But let's face it. Like you said, you've whittled down from four basketball teams to McDonald's drive through is really quick. It's a 30 It's a, it's, it's as quick as a, a NASCAR pit stop, basically. So <laughs> yeah. when you're going from activity to activity and you have multiple kids, it it makes sense, but yeah, it's, well, it's tough. Well, so that's the thing, right? So
0: um, anybody that's been following the podcast or at least me the last couple of months, like I've been on a, a huge journey myself, right? In terms of nutrition and body recomposition and all that. And so much of it, was education on my part, where, again, the information was there, but I didn't necessarily have the motivation to seek it out. And I think, and and that's why I wanted you to come on, because I've been thinking a lot about the psychology about mm. it, or behind it, and you're such a cerebral guy, you, you've got such great perspective. I feel like you probably understand this, uh, have understood this for decades, and I'm just only now coming into it, right? But I know, for me, it was more a fear of change, I think, and either not being able to, or not wanting to you know and and that's the thing like it was frustrating because it was such an easy change to make once i made it and that like i remember we went out oh man it was maybe two or three months ago at this point uh we had gone to a brew pub after one of sarah's tournaments in pennsylvania twice one was like in march and then the other one was after i started this journey and it was unbelievable like there was a part of the menu i didn't even look at the first time we were there yeah and now it's flipped where i won't eat like Why would I even bother, you know, having the the crap food when there's better options available?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent. You know, the interesting thing is I think everybody like you, the aha moment, what's the catalyst, right? And the way I look at it is pain moves the needle and i'm not talking about i stub my toe pain but you know how many times can a person wake up look at themselves in the mirror and be sick and tired of feeling sick and tired or just not like the way they they look the way they feel not like the way their clothes fit um, you know and and i have members that'll tell me you know my solution to to weight loss wasn't you know prior to coming to me wasn't oh nutrition exercise it was i'm going to go to the store and buy the next bigger size pants
0: Right. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm
1: saying? But, but so, you know, one of my mentors taught me a long time ago a saying that stuck with me. And we're talking, this is probably close to 30 years ago. And it goes like this, that until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, you ain't changing. That's- because to make a change requires... Time, commitment, sacrifice, realignment of your brain, shifting your perspective, being self-disciplined, all of it. That's freaking painful for a lot of people. It's not easy, you know, but it's also not easy to feel like garbage and not be happy with your self-image. Because as we were talking before, you know, off off, uh, interview was parents lead by example, You know, either kids lead parents or parents lead kids. That's really what it comes down to. So if you're feeling that way, you know, subconsciously, what does a, a child pick up from you? If you don't have energy because you're lethargic, because you're not fueling your body the right way or or exercising, how much can you really give to your, to your kids? You know, that reminds me of, and you'll probably heard this analogy before. This is a true story for me, flying the first time I can remember on a commercial airliner. I might've been five years old. And of course, you know, the pre-flight announcements have not changed in the, in the event that, uh, the cabin loses pressure and oxygen mask will drop down from the ceiling. If you are traveling with small children, I'll never forget this, Matt. If you're, tra- I'm sitting next to my mother and I'm listening. If you're traveling with small children, I'm like, I'm a small child. Put the mask on yourself first, then your child. And at five years old, my immediate thought was how dare him (laughs) what do you mean it's about me in hindsight growing up you know well if you don't put it on yourself first as the parent and you pass out and you're incapacitated you ain't helping your child and i think that is such a great analogy metaphor for you know for this this adulthood decision making navigation process of how can i integrate fitness, wellness, nutrition into my life, which would then become a trickle-down effect for, for my kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a great analogy. I, I, I never thought of it that way. But it's so true where – I guess it's one of those like actions speak louder than words, too, right? Where that's something that I've tried to be cognizant of since when Tim was an infant. You know, like if I say something, I got to make sure I follow through with the behavior. And if I do something, I can't say something that's, you know, counter to that because that causes mixed messages. And then you leave it up to the kids to try to figure out what, yeah, like what you should actually be doing. Yeah. Um, And, you know, again, the psychology of it, I think, is really where everything starts to kind of come off the rails. Now, I don't know what the statistics were for obesity back in the 90s or the 2000s, but I can only imagine that it's gotten worse, you know, and it's a steeper curve, if that. Yeah, since then, in part because of lifestyle in general, right? So that uh, ac- excess of access is one part of it, but then it's also the access of ease, right? So people have become so enamored with convenience that, I think it on a subconscious level just kind of dictates what they do. You yeah. know, they gravitate towards the easy, right? Uber
1: Eats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, right?
0: But I, I, th- I, don't know if this got recorded, but when you were saying about like the the kids, right, in terms of yeah. what's what's accessible at home, right? Yeah, you might run into no, that. Yeah, again, no, yeah, glad.
1: I'll definitely run into that. Yeah.
0: Um. So you know, the the issue I think starts with people who are inherently. So you mentioned how, like, you know, you wake up, you don't like how you look. You don't like how you feel, how your clothes fit, right? And so the easy solution is, right, people are like, what are we, like 60% water, right? So what does water do? It finds the easiest path. And so people will buy buy clothes one size up rather than go through the hassle in their minds of changing it. But I think it goes even further than just a nutrition and a fitness decision. I think in terms of a lifestyle, like, so many people don't do enough with their time and their lives to find value and to find like real happiness. So many people just kind of live vicariously through social media, which kills me because, you know, I I see it here in Hazlitt specifically. There's lots of groups, which is great. You would think socializing, you know, whether online or in person is the same thing, but it's not. Like there's just, uh, in some cases, people are just completely different online. Like they've, you know, I don't want to say that they force it, but they are very, it's well-crafted, put it that way. Yeah. And people get sort of suckered into thinking that that's how their lives are, and it, I don't know, it just forces a mirror back on themselves, and it just starts what I think is a negative cycle that invariably winds up, you know, affecting nutrition and and, um, fitness.
1: Yeah, no, look, I mean, we, like I said earlier, information is so quickly at our disposal when we want it. It's also become a distraction Technology is as great as it is. It's also a distraction. And you know, like you hear people go, yeah, I went to check my, uh, you know, messenger on Facebook and two hours later, you know, I'm still scrolling. And yeah, that two hours could have been spent, you know, a little more constructively and that's not a judgment. Cause I get sucked into that vortex sometimes too, but you're uh, right. I think so much of, of making these changes is, uh, and and it's it's not easy. It's not, look, you look at somebody in shape and they're, you know, glowing and they're a shape man or woman, I don't care, you know, the age or gender, and it's easy to think, "Oh, it's easy for them. They love working out. I'm not like that." I'll tell you 95% of the people that you see that look great, they hate I hate working out. I've been working out since I was 12 years old, started lifting weights down in the basement. I'll be 53 in a couple of weeks. I haven't stopped working out. Have there been times where I have? Of course. Are there times over the last 42 years or, you know, 41 years that I have been less active? Of course. But there has never been a month where I haven't worked out, you know? Um, You know, and then, yeah, you want to... Yeah, I wanted to jump in because
0: that's something that I think is really critical. And that's part of what I suspect is daunting to a lot of folks when it comes to the fitness side of it. For me, working out... When people go to the gym with a, a really narrow focus, right, or a short-term goal, I want to get a six-pack, I want to have this, yeah. I want to have that, it's it's not that they're destined to fail, but they're really not priming themselves for success because it's a lifelong thing. Like my goal, I just turned 40 in March. My goal is, you know, 40 more years from now to be just as active, to be healthy. It's the a, a long game, and people don't, again, whether it's the attention span or just being short-sighted, they don't think of it as just another part of, you know, of their day of their life, they eat every day. Right. Yeah. And so why, why can't fitness be yeah, the same kind part. of part of it? And I
1: think a part of that is also you, you kind of bring up a good point is people think I need two hours to work out. Listen, man, if you have 20 minutes, 20 mi- I, 10 minutes of something is better than a whole day of nothing. It's like, Oh, I can't meal prep and eat five good meals a day. Could you eat one good meal? You know, the, I, I'm a big, you know, analogy person it's like saying, oh, I walked outside and I had one flat tire. Let me let the air out of the other three. You fix the one tire. So it's like, oh, well, if I can't meal prep so I can eat three good meals a day, well, could you do one? Like start somewhere. It doesn't have to be this huge pendulum swing. It doesn't have to be two hours in the gym. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Start with little steps. Like, Baby steps. You don't have to go from zero to a hero, zero to a thousand miles an hour. And you're a hundred, you know, percent right. It is daunting. It's like, how do I become that person? Little steps, one one day at a time. You know.
0: And I think to, to tie it back to the earlier point about information, making informed decisions about those steps, right? So meal prep was something I had never heard of, right? When I, when the nutrition coach that I worked with first mentioned it, I'm like, oh, cooking? Like, no, it's not. It's not cooking. It's not the same thing. It's yeah. thinking. It's being thoughtful about what you're eating. It's also, you know, putting your, positioning yourself so that time isn't an excuse, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing for me. Like, I was, when, when I started out, I, shit, I guess probably since I got off baby food was a cereal for breakfast everyday guy. And there's nothing inherently wrong with cereal. Right. But once I started to look more critically at the nutritional aspect of it in terms of what I was doing, now, I, at first I was like, oh, God, like, this is going to be so hard having to make this stuff every day. Once I started meal prepping, you know, on Sunday I have my breakfast set for the week. Like there you it's go. it's done, and yeah. I enjoy personally. I enjoy cooking. I bring the kids into the kitchen. They either help out, they keep me company. We've got music blasting. It it's not, again, it's not a negative. No. It's you know,
1: yeah, you framed it into a, a a family thing. It is, and it's funny you bring that up because I do. I never, I I was never a person that didn't like cooking. I love to cook now. Like, I'll be like, no, Ange, you know, my wife, no, I got it. I'll make dinner. And you want to know the funniest thing? You know where I learned to cook? TikTok. Really? Well, because TikTok has those one minute, you see the end product and they list the ingredients. And I was like, I literally have a folder in my phone of probably 500 TikTok things. I have it in categories, meat, chicken, Eggs, breakfast, snack, like, oh, that's awesome. and I love it. But I, I really do. I do the same thing. I'll turn on some music or turn on the TV. And I love meal prepping. I love cooking. And there is this sense of, you know, I think a lot of people think I don't have the control. Well, what do you? Who has the control? What like? What do you mean you don't have the control? And when you start cooking and prepping for yourself, you could choose, do I use, you know, canola oil, which is garbage, or can I use avocado oil or coconut oil or ghee or, you know, grass fed? So you start to realize, man, I could eat. That's another thing, not to digress, but, oh, eating healthy tastes like cardboard. Really? Not, no. I mean, not at all. So you start to realize, wow, I can make, Compliant healthy meals taste good. I can control the ingredient list. That's that's power. And I think once you get a no pun intended taste of that, you start to take back your control and feel like, you know, this is amazing. Just so we don't forget, you know, earlier uh, before we came on air, we were talking about kids, you know, eating healthy. How do you do that? And I've always told parents, whatever's accessible and available, like, especially a kid comes home from school. It's a long day for them. They're starving. If cookies are the first thing they see, if cookies are in the cookie jar or they open up the pantry and they're eye level and that's, what's easy. They're going to grab whatever's easy. And let's face it, of course, without going down the rabbit hole, the addictive nature of sugar. But if it's hard for them to find that and fruits and veggies are cut up and in the refrigerator, and that's what they see when they look, they'll also grab that too, you know, um, a kid doesn't, you know, set out to, to become unhealthy or to, you know, because let's face it, we know the unfortunately the bullying that, you know, boys and girls who are overweight face, it's brutal in elementary school and junior high. And, you know, gosh, I mean, even high school, it, it really, it, it breaks my heart. So the point is they don't set out to be the target of harassment, but I mean, you got to almost, you, you got to create the environment that's conducive to them you know, making better choices is really what it's about.
0: Yeah. And that's unbelievably good advice. And I think communication is sort of at the heart of it. Right. And so, w- one of those other watershed moments for me when it comes to nutrition was uh, I, I went to school in the city for college. I worked in the city for, you know, almost 15 years. And right around that time was when Bloomberg enacted this uh, law where they had to post calorie information, I remember that sugar content yeah. on, uh, you know, banning certain sugar. I, I don't know if it, I guess it was a soda band specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um and that was kind of eye-opening for me too, right? Like uh, again, in college it, it, we were just lazy, you know, in terms of making those nutritional decisions. You're coming off of adolescence where like I said you burn off anything, you know, in in
1: seconds. You don't have a lot of money either, well, so a 59 cent cheeseburger is, yeah, is good.
0: Or, or even like, you know, when we would go out together as a group, right? We would go to Applebee's, let's say. And before that, uh information, you know, sort of coup happened, man, like I would have we'd have the appetizer, right? So there's the mozzarella sticks or the potato skins or whatever it is. The wings. Yeah, Yeah, the wings. Then you're having a burger and fries with probably two sodas because you've you know the the salt content of the crap that yeah. you you know washed down you had to wash it down with that first yeah. soda and then dessert right once those once that calorie information came out holy shit yeah. it was it was eye opening to me i like you always know it's bad but when it's put in your face or putting into context yeah. i think that's important and that's to, to tie back to what i was saying i think it's important for parents to communicate with their kids more about like the the purpose of what they're eating, right? Like there's a reason that you don't want candy because of the processed sugar. And that, and that's, this is, you know, want to talk rabbit holes. I typically don't like the idea of dieting, fad diet specifically, because I feel like by its nature, it's inherently short-term, right? Like it's it's not a meaningful, long-lasting change that you're going to make. Right. It's unnecessary, largely, right? Like you're cutting out things that you your body largely needs. Like for me, The added sugars or processed sugars is the number one thing that you don't ever really, you shouldn't be putting in there. And then obviously certain like you know fats, trans fats, and stuff like that. But beyond that, it's not that long of a list of things that don't you know help your body. Even you know all the polyunsaturated fats, monounsaturated fats. People hear fat and they think bad, bad, but there's no. It's same thing with carbs, right? But there's complex carbohydrates. Like I'm I'm on a huge purple sweet potato kick lately. Awesome. Love those. Uh, I have funny friends turned me onto this uh, documentary called the Blue Zone. Uh, yeah, that?
1: yeah, I, I watched it actually. It's really cool. I checked
0: it out, right. and and, you know, I'm not obsessed with uh, I felt like there was sort of like a you know a, a bend towards like wanting to live forever, kind of kind of deal, which is not me. Like whatever time I got, I got. but, these changes that I'm making now, it's more about maximizing the quality of that time and, and prolonging it for as long sure. as possible. And I think that's, that was the big takeaway that I had. It wasn't just that these people, you know, uh, I, the f- premise of it is th- like a disproportionately high context of, um, with cent- centenarians, right? So it was people yeah. over hundred or really just yeah. older, you know, yeah, yeah. long living in general. Yeah. But, These people were still super active. Like they weren't, there were no nursing homes. Gardening, yeah, yeah,
1: playing games. Right. Family, uh, the family unit was a big part of it. Yeah.
0: And that's a perfect uh, analogy to to draw. So that was actual meaningful social interaction, face to face, Mm. like in person stuff. And that's what I think gets lost. And, you know, I, I shit all over social media. Uh, because of that because I feel like it's such a distancing sort of tool but I do like what you mentioned about like TikTok that's a great way to leverage a potentially negative you know medium for for good like because a lot of and a lot of those recipes too like you would think oh it's all fried chicken and then this and that it's not a lot of it is health health first and so
1: I like I mean I have Oh my gosh. Like so many favorites and they just make it easy and you know, a busy person. So that's the point is there's no excuse. I could have made an excuse. Like I'm busy. Listen, I mean, uh, I'm an owner at the max challenge. I told you I'm back at Tiger Shulman's teaching MMA. I own a consulting company and you know, two busy kids. It's like, I could say, Oh man, I don't have the time. It, it makes it easy. And I'm not suggesting TikTok is the only thing that makes it easy, but it made it easy for me. It made it appealing, and I remember the moment I, I saved the first, you know, uh, video recipe and made it. I'm like, "This is it." Yeah, it wasn't that I wasn't eating healthy before; then I was, but mainly Angie was preparing the food, or if I had to go out for it, I, I would shop and pick the right healthy foods or whatever it was. But yeah, now I'm so motivated. Like in the beginning of the week. It, we'll talk about our schedules, Angie, what's your schedule? Okay. So I I have to make sure dinner is ready for the kids on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you got Thursday. So it's like planning, you know, it's having a plan, like the old adage, right? If you fail to plan, plan to fail. It's like, yeah, so you got a plan. But again, that, that lends itself back to I'm in control. And once you realize that you are in control and you can do it, sky's the limit. You know? Yeah,
0: and I I can't stand excuse-making, just in general. And, you know, <clears throat> there's a laundry list of them. I'm too busy. Like you said, I can't. can't can't's not a dirty word. Mm. Whether you think or you, you can or you can't, you're 100% right. Yeah. I, I buy into that wholesale. And to kind of harken back to a couple of things that you pointed out before, one of the excuses people make is, oh, well, you know, I don't want to have rice cakes for dinner. Uh, Everything, you know, healthy food tastes like crap or it tastes like cardboard or whatever. And that's such a crock of shit because, you know, again, it comes down to control. You make your own food decisions, right? If you like certain things. So for me, I went from having a bowl of cereal as breakfast every day for, you know, from the time I could crawl till now, till uh, May. Now I do like an oatmeal bake and it's basically like a quiche, but it's an egg bake. And the egg bake, I just load it up with veggies. That's, awesome. That's it. It's broccoli, peppers, you know, and, and when I was doing at that point, it was bringing the kids into the mix. So we were deciding together and I was sharing it with them, you know, yeah. and eating the rainbow is a big thing. So yeah. it was making it colorful. And it, the first couple of times I made it and it, it you know, I, again, I enjoy cooking. So it came out, it came out great. And I was really proud of the decision that I made because I realized like that's that's all it was. I just yeah. made something decision, different. Yeah. It was so much easier doing the meal prepping and everything. And that's another thing I wanted to get back to before is people, oh, well, you know, I, I can't afford healthy foods. I mean, you don't have to go. I mean, I've gotten hooked on Manuka honey, which is a yeah, problem. expensive. <laughs> but yeah, it's, so maybe just stay out of the Manuka
1: honey Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Uh, but in terms of like the other options, like, yeah, I hate, just from a corporate standpoint, the premium that's placed on healthier foods—it's insidious, it's but it's—it's yeah. it's, you know it it, is. but it's no longer you know prohibitive in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like if, when you go to, to Shoprite, you don't have to go to Whole Foods, you don't yeah. have to go to Wegmans. You can go to Shoprite, yeah. you can go to you know Aldi, and and that's the other thing too. I don't know how familiar you are with this. Uh, again, newcomer to the to, yeah. to the world here. But in terms of when you go food shopping, like try to focus on the exterior, yeah, right? perimeter. yeah, the perimeter, yeah, 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 because that's where a lot of the healthier stuff is, you know, getting fresh fruits and vegetables, getting, you know, um, Things like that, instead of going through the interior aisles where yeah. it's all yeah, just, yeah. all the know.
1: junk processed, yeah, yeah, it lasts for a long time on the shelf there and on the shelf back at your house, yeah. yeah. And things aren't 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 you know decaying and, and getting moldy and in, in, you know a handful of days, it's like what ingredient is keeping them like that? It's now you're absolutely right, yeah, and and look, I I was a hardcore organic and still am, but it. it it gets expensive, man. It really, really does. And I do organic, you know, with certain things, certainly like berries and stuff like that. I'm okay with non GMO too, you know, because if it's not genetically modified, it can't withstand as much pesticides, herbicides. I mean, it's, we're fighting an uphill battle in this country. Let's face it, you know, big lobbyists, big companies, agriculture. I mean, it's, it's a money grab. And, and at the end of the day, It's not even so much uh,
0: politics, it's economics, right? It's just, if there's money to be made, then that's what it's gonna go towards. And I just hate that, I mean, the food chain is kind of a problem too, right? And so, the distances involved with getting, you know, fresh fruits and certain things like yeah. it's crazy to th- to think like these bananas came from chile. like, yeah. you know, it's it's wild to see, you know, that and how it actually works out. it's actually pretty fascinating to me in terms of like timing it out like, you know, when you get these bananas and like yeah. they're they're timed to be ripe at a certain yeah. time for a certain amount of time. Absolutely. Um so it's that i guess it's difficult to do that versus just pumping out these crackers that, you know, will be there along with the Twinkies, you yeah, know, until, exactly. uh, until the end of time, Yeah, no,
1: for sure. And, you know, look, obviously seasonal, certain things aren't available. Okay. So maybe during certain seasons you make different choices and, uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's everything's within your reach. Uh, I think for me and what I always, you know, encourage my members to do is make it, make it e- simplicity duplicates, right? Complexity doesn't. So if you're making a complex where, oh, I have to eat in 30 minutes, what should I have? I.e. I haven't meal prepped. Oh man, but then I got to be on a work call in 45 minutes, you know, I'll just grab the easiest thing. So so you just, I, I think that coming up with a plan, making the solution easier will lend itself to you doing it more frequently. And when you do it frequently, it's like that vicious cycle. If it's easy, I'll do it more regularly. If I do it more regularly, I get results. If I get results, I'll want to do it more regularly. <laughs> no, it's like, it's not rocket science, man. Yeah, and in terms of like
0: the, the self-rewarding aspect of this, right, like I think the problem is, in our country, food has been associated with rewards, right? Like, look at Happy Meals. Happy sure. Meals make kids happy, right? Yeah. And I think that, I know for me, like, I remember doing the Five borrow Bike Tour and making it back to the house when we lived on Staten Island, and I soloed this gigantic, like, strong ale from the brewery that was like, oh my God, like 16%. <laughs> like, because that was my reward. reward right? right? I did it. yeah. And now... Now the reward that I had, and I, I mean, I use the term loosely because I don't look at it that way, yeah. but the same enjoyment that I used to get out of having that, you know, post-workout beer or wh- whatever it happened to be, now it's my protein shake, right? Yeah. Now it's something that is is also furthering the the goals instead of, you know, cutting it back. And that was that's the problem that I think a lot of people have when they work out on their own, unassisted, is – they just kind of like lose their way a little bit, you know? And yeah, like, again, there's nothing wrong. If, if you like ice cream, you can have ice cream once in a while. Maybe don't have it every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, yeah. It, it's just this misnomer of like, can't. Like, I can't yeah. have this anymore. No, no it's course. just about
1: common sense. Like you said, simplifying, yeah. you know? and um, yeah, I'm an 80-20 just, guy. 80% of the time, I am on point. 20% of the time, I could care less. And the ir- irony is, my 20% is better than 99% of the population. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it, it's like, I, I had this conversation the other day with one of my members. Oh, God, I went on vacation for two weeks. It killed me. I gained so much weight. And I laughed. I said, you think it's the two weeks a year that you go away on vacation that hurts you? It's the other 50. Right. That you're, what are you doing the other? Because I'll tell you what. When I go on vacation, I eat everything I look at and I drink everything I can get my hands on and I'll come back, not a pound heavier. Sometimes I come back later, you know, it's yeah. like, because it's, it's, yeah, it's not the, it's just not the, <laughs> the two weeks a year. It's, and you know, it's, uh,
0: well, so t- can we speak specifically to what you do with the max and Yeah, cause, cause people may not know good.
1: No, 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 cool. Yeah, I, we can speak about that. I thought you were going to roll into the holidays because I want to get to the holidays coming up, uh, Halloween. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, at the Max, look, basically, the Max is a program that, uh, you know, I could paint it a thousand different ways. Number one, motivational fitness classes, right? So we provide a ton of motivation, inspiration. The protocols are set up ahead of time. So one of the things that keeps people out of the gym is, okay, I get there, I don't know what to do. I look at the equipment. I don't even know how to get on the equipment. I don't even know what body part it works. So then they're discouraged or embarrassed to ask. And what do they do? They go walk on the treadmill and go home. Well, that's not really that fun, which is why most people don't stick with the gym. So we provide all the workout protocols. A member does not have to think. They come in the class format is already set up. Um, and then the other thing is a complete nutrition program where we just counsel them through basic nutrition. It's the five food groups that have been around since the beginning of time, you know, proteins, fats, uh, carbs, fruits, veggies, right? That's it. It's like, we tell them, these are the foods that you want to eat. So it's the right food in the right portion at the right time. We provide all the collateral. We have an app, we have a, a private members group on Facebook. So, because they're only with, 45 minutes a day well what happens for the other 23 hours and 15 minutes you know um, we want to provide as many resources as possible so they're given the best opportunity to excel and and hit the results I think more than anything we just provide a, a culture where you're never like you're never you um, you never feel like, you know, like the, the planet fitness thing, uh, about, you know, no, no competition. Like there's no competition. It's, it's totally cool. You're you, I'm me, he's her, you know, him, she's her, you're here for yourself. And I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to give you the, Workout, I'm going to give you the nutritional support, and we're going to make it fun. So that's really what the max is. It's just helping people live longer, healthier, happier, more fulfilled lives, pretty much, that's through the, fitness and, and nutrition. Right. No,
0: but but I love the pairing of it, right? And that's the problem, too, is you have some folks who kill it at the gym, but then do, just completely undo everything that they're doing yeah. by the eating side. I guess it's not quite as you know as common for it to be the inverse: people eating really well and then not exercising. Right. But still, yeah. it, the point is they go hand in hand, and I think that's. I think it, on paper it sounds like you know you're you're set up for success in a way that you wouldn't be just joining a gym and even getting a consultation here or there. Yeah, with, you no, know?
1: it's really what it is. I mean, there's been you know I know you're into data and studies and stuff like that, and you know there have been so many studies that cite. A person and, and I'm not just talking about in fitness, in anything, when you're in a group of men and women who have a common goal and you're working together collectively, although, you know, you might be there for you know slightly different reasons, then I have to do it on my own. I'll tell you, most of the people that show up probably like me, they don't show up because they love working out. They show up because they love seeing their friends in class, they love the social aspect of it, they love the support from a coach and trainer. You know, we play music, so it's it's a fun environment. It's really like a show. I mean, I, I, that is what it is. When you come to one of my classes and most of the Max Challenge classes, we're performance artists. It is a freaking show it's not hey get down do push-ups hey stand up do squats it's humor you know every member's name i know their dog's name their kid's name i know the color of their freaking carpet in their house really intimate you know nothing wrong with f45 it's an incredible program tech i love technology orange theory awesome we have none of that we are high touch low tech those places are high tech no touch, right? They don't give a shit if you show up or not. If you're my member, two, three days goes by, I don't see you, you're getting a call, an email or a text. Where are you, what's going on? You know, so we we hold people highly accountable and our retention rate is astronomical. I was telling you, so November 12th, so just here in a couple of weeks, it'll be our 11 year anniversary. So think about this, we are a 10 week transformation challenge. Member comes in, they sign up for 10 weeks, I would say probably 15 to 20% of my members have been there since day one, Wow, 11 years ago. So that means they came 11 years ago to sign up for a 10 week challenge and they're still there. I have members that have been there for 10 years, nine years, eight years, seven years, all the way down. And that's the difference. In a program like this, when you provide the right, like I said, at home, hey, moms, dads, provide the environment that's conducive to getting the results, conducive to supporting your child in wanting to continue this behavior and it becoming a normal thing. Like you said before, it's just become a thing for me, eating right, exercising. That's what I try to do is we provide an environment where it's it's normal to come and work out three, four, five days a week. That's the norm, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like, again, right, going back to the psychology of it, when, when it doesn't feel like work, right, that's when— I think people really have a higher success rate. I forget what the adage is. I'm butchering it, but like yeah. you know, in terms of choosing
1: a job, yeah, right? Yeah, if it doesn't yeah. feel like work, right? Yeah, 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 What is it? it yeah, if you do something you love, yeah. you never work a day in your life. Exactly. Or like that. Yeah. And
0: and so it sounds like the the people who have come on board and have stayed understand that bigger picture. They look yeah. at it. Oh, this isn't this ten week you know limited program yeah. thing that I'm doing. And and listen, right? Everything's a business. There, there's a business model, and that. I'm always interested in what the the grab is. Right. So like you have all different kinds of workout programs and different things that have a nutritional content aspect to it. I remember doing P90X, which yeah. now feels like, Oh my God, like a million years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. And what I loved about that was the fact that like, it felt like a little community, even though it was just, you know, the DVDs or yeah. whatever it was. Uh, and so I know that they also offered like in, in-person classes or whatever, but I also saw that they were pushing really hard for like Shakeology or whatever yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. And so when you start to kind of look at it a little more critically, it's like, ah, okay, that's that's the the corporate draw there, right? right? Like right. that's where they <clears throat> they can give the, the program away for free because yeah. they'll get subscriptions and stuff. So yeah. with the Max, I'm glad you mentioned the retention portion of it because those are the kinds of things that I like to get behind, right? Because... You say like, there's clearly an investment made on your part and the people on, you know, the the business side of it in the folks who are coming through versus looking at them just as, well, you know, if you dip after 10 weeks, someone else will take your place. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's no. not like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like if someone leaves after 10 weeks, I, I didn't do my job. You know, look, it's not always me, but it's like I ask myself, man, did I engage that member the right way? Did I get to know them? Did I push the right buttons? Did I understand their needs? So I'll always look at it, you know, that way, because why not? Now, if somebody just says, look, I'm only going to do this for 10 weeks because then I'm great. And I have had not not too many, but when it happens, I, I love it. I'm never offended. I've had members come. Come because the max challenge is a certain niche of people. The max challenge will never be CrossFit. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just can't be. It's for a, a very niche clientele, but I've had members come to me after X amount of years and say, you know, I'm kind of looking for the next adventure, meaning I want to level up more right. than what I can in a group setting. Because if I, if I cater to them, then I lose the other 99%. Right. And I just go, my job is done. High five. Like, I'm like, you came in like a timid bird, you know, not even liking, this is one of the biggest compliments I get. And I get it often. I used to be a person who hated working out. Now I'm a person who hates to miss a workout. And I'm like, all right, I, I gotta be doing something right. You know? And of course the, I, I tell them all cause they give me too much credit. I think, Oh, you changed my life. I said, did I show up at your driveway at four 30 this morning and honk the horn and throw it. No, you got here. Yeah. When you're here, I'm here and I'm going to give you some high level training, but you got to take some credit, man. You did it. I didn't get in your body and move your arms around when you were here on the mat. You, you did that. I didn't go home and meal prep for you and kick for you. You did that. So, you know, own that and, and be proud of it. And, you know, yeah, I think, and, and that's really a goal of the max too, is, is how do we create a ripple effect as we are not only just in our families, in the community, hey, maybe if I can inspire somebody who comes over and sees me meal prepping, whether they're a part of the Max or not, they go, "What are you doing? I'm meal prepping." Now you have no idea what that person's going home. Hey, honey, maybe we should meal. So that's really the goal is is to to pay it forward a, a, as much as we can. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's what I've done for you know 35, 36 years of my adult life is in this industry, and I can never really see myself anywhere outside of coaching people. And I think one of the biggest things for me in a selfish way is it keeps me accountable. If I'm going to tell you to be in shape and eat well, I'm going to be in shape and eat well. And I'll never ask you to do something that I haven't done 10,000 times more than you have. Right. And that goes back to martial arts training. I'm going to show you a kick and it's a kick I've done, you know, 500,000 times. And I want you to do it now, you right know, not, Oh, I've <clears throat> never done that kick, but Hey, I think it'll be good if you do it. So it's again, the leading by example. So I, that's something that I take, you know, pretty seriously that is is it's not about perfection nobody's perfect i don't have to be perfect but i want to i want to i want to talk to talk not just walk to walk you know what i'm saying yeah or or, or i say the other way i want to i want to walk to walk not just talk so a lot of people out there who talk to talk and don't walk to walk in every freaking Facet and industry uh, and walk of life, but yeah, I wanna I wanna walk to walk, not just talk to talk. And when you do that for long enough, people people know. Wow, all right, this guy's for real. So yeah, it's it's cool. So selfishly, it's it's freaking amazing for me because if it wasn't for them, I'd probably not be eating as well, maybe drinking, partying a little more. But hey, man, my alarm rings at 3:45 every morning, Monday through Friday. A hangover at 3:45 is not a fun thing. So. <laughs> No,
0: and that accountability, I think, is is critical, uh, and, and it's the same for me, right? So that's the change that I've noticed, too, is I, I, when I was not working out, it was just something that I didn't think about. Like, I had to not think about it because it was killing me even then. Now, if, I'm, if I go like a day or two without doing some sort of like strenuous activity, it doesn't have to be going to the gym, right? It can be taking the dog for a four-mile walk instead of a 20-minute one or whatever it is. I'm accountable to myself. It's like a, you know, countdown timer. Same thing with food. Like before, I think part of the problem nutritionally is people focus too much on the enjoyment or the perceived perception of enjoyment. They think they're enjoying this, you know, because it tastes good or whatever. Mm. Now, I still eat food that tastes good, but I look. My enjoyment comes from what is this doing for me, right? right. Like Knowing
1: that you are, you just did something great nutritionally. It tasted great. You enjoyed it. You enjoy prepping it, and it was good for you.
0: But and and that's the thing people don't factor in, right? Is we're machines. If you want to think of it that way, right? And you in the same way you wouldn't put dish soap in your you know gas can for yeah. the car. Mm-hmm. Like if you put crap in, you're gonna have crappy results. Oh, no, it's true. And the, I mean, perfect segue right to the the thrust of this was. This time of year, specifically, October to January, I feel is brutal for a lot of people. And, you know, a a lot of it is self-inflicted wounds. But to to give people some leeway and some, you know, semblance of a pass on it, like— I think the environment that we live in—you know—we're constantly bombarded with advertising for you know shitty food decisions. I mean, I watch Sports Center every morning. I can't tell you how many Papa John's commercials
1: I've seen yeah. at seven fifteen. Athletes in the morning. endorsing things. It's oh, like, all the Subway stuff. Yeah, oh, forget it. You know, soda. You know, now your kid's like, oh, I love that athlete. Let, let me. It's it's tough, man. It really is.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's just I don't know. I I feel like October to New Year's is a, a snowball. You talked about a ripple effect. This is, you know, the snow, the cannonball coming in that that starts that uh, that yeah. rippling, and I think that it starts with Halloween, and and again, I'm not trying to scapegoat any specific sure. holidays or whatever. I'm just thinking in terms of people priming themselves for excess and making bad decisions. So it starts with Halloween where, you know, now, I mean, I remember as a kid, nobody had full size candy bars, you know, they were all fun size. You come home, you know, with one bucket and that's that. Yeah. Now, pillowcases. Yeah. Now, oh my God, forget about it. It's, it's insane. And then people are going and, and plowing through 10, 15, 20 pieces of candy, you know, which then sets the stage, I think for Thanksgiving, which is obviously that's become, you know, sort of the glutton's uh super bowl. Yeah, if you want to think yeah, of it. That, sure. Right? And, and again, i'm not I'm not against eating a lot. It's more and this is what I wanted to talk to you about was framing your plate and maybe looking at it from a different perspective where um well I'll get to that in a second and then then you have Christmas, whatever other holidays are in December New Years it's yeah. a New Year's it's it's it puts people just on this streak of bad decisions that ultimately lead them to whatever, whatever gym I happen to find myself in in January yeah, no, where they're making these resolutions to make these changes. But again, it's, it's short-sighted and short-term. They're not looking at, they're looking at, Oh, I put on 15 pounds. I want to lose 15 pounds. They're not addressing the underlying behaviors, sure. the decision-making, all that stuff. Yeah. So now, yeah, throw it over to you. No,
1: I thousand percent. So I, I want to say the, the most recent statistic I heard was the average American between Halloween and New Year's gains 12 pounds, 12 pounds. Oh my God. You know, that's, that's insane. And, and it's 12 pounds of fat.
0: We're, yeah, we're not yeah, talking about yeah. no, muscle. Not just, yeah. You know. So you're
1: talking about over just a, a few months, you know? So, yeah, I mean I think that there's a couple things that, that are working against people. We've grown up in a in a society in a culture where it's the norm. Halloween trick or treat Halloween candy since we were kids. Like you said, since you were a kid, you were eating cereal. Like, okay, why change now? You know? And of course adults, you know, now that we pick our, our kids Halloween candy. And that Halloween candy's around for a long time, which is the problem. You know, from early on, we have the kids pick out a, a pile, and I'm not talking about anything big of their favorites and we Give the rest away to the troops or to a chair or something. Get it out of the house. Number one. Right. Um, and then you come to Thanksgiving. Of course, Thanksgiving is, 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 uh, Uh, one of my favorite, if not my favorite holidays, I love Thanksgiving. Um, And look, what's at Thanksgiving? There's a lot of good stuff. You got protein, you know, uh, turkey, uh, even fried turkey. (laughs) No, but I haven't had that too often, but it's pretty good. No doubt about it. But turkey's a great, great protein. But you know, once you start putting all the mashed potatoes gravy on, and look, I'm not suggesting a little bit have a little, I think the problem is a lot of people can't control themselves. They they have a a little bit, and then they have more and more. Look, I've been fortunate. I've always been able to, for the most part to control myself, same thing with a beer. I can have a beer or two and be done as opposed to some of my friends who will literally go through a a 24 pack of course light in like six hours, you know? Yeah. Most of it's water, but I'm like, man, I just, I I just, you used the word earlier end game. I know my end game and I know what I want to feel like in the morning. I also know what I don't want to feel like. I know know what I want to look like. A uh, day from now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. So it's like my behavior is is kind of governed by keeping that top of mind. So uh, so Thanksgiving, it's just like you said. Hey man, what do I do? What are my choices? Well, okay. So you can have a little bit of the you know perceived bad stuff, but have more of the good stuff. You know, the the green bean casserole is, or, or the b- smartest thing to do any time of the year. You go to a party, you make a healthy dish and bring it. Right. You know, yeah, you bring what you want. And I could tell you stories that would make you laugh when we, when the kids were young, started going to St. Mary's, right. That's when you start meeting their, their friends, parents, we would go to barbecues and I shit you not. I would bring my own organic meat. I would bring my own organic condiments. My wife was like, Oh, you're embarrassing. I'd be like, I don't care. I'm not leaving my food choices up to somebody else. Um, you know, but here's the cool thing. You talk about a ripple effect. It started out shortly after that. All right, Jay, here's the organic stuff. They would literally be, you know, considerate and conscientious of me. And then it started going where they would shop more organic, just more healthy. And I'm like, wow, that's real. First of all, really cool. You don't have to do that. Now, the, the last story I'll share with you, because it was a true story, funny. Angie's sister was getting married. So my sister-in-law, I was literally prepping Food to bring to the wedding, and she was like, "That shit stops here." I was like, "All right, for tonight, through." But that's how hardcore I was, you know. Um, anyway, so that's a good strategy. Is you know, you can bring something, and guess what? If people don't eat it, at least you can fill up on something good. That way, you're not really hungry to pick at the crap. You know, another strategy that you've probably heard around the holidays is. Just drink a lot of water before you go. Have you ever been like, man, I'm hungry. You know, dehydration and hunger feel the same. A lot of times when someone's like, God, I'm so hungry all the time. No, you're dehydrated. Drink water. I've had, you know, a glass of water and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not hungry anymore. So, you know, those are, they're easier said than done, but they're easy. You know, the problem is things that are easy to do are also easy not to do.
0: Hey, oh, that's know? a great. That's yeah, another great line. You know,
1: hey, it's I can drink sixteen ounces of water. That's easy. Yeah, it's also easy to forget and walk out the door and then be like, God, I'm thirsty, and let me have an extra beer. So, um, I just, I, I, I don't. There, I look, there's no magic bullet, is really what it comes down to. I, I think simple strategies is eat something healthy before you go, so you fill yourself up. Drink, you know, hydrate yourself, water before you go, so you're filled up. You know. At a party, and there's a lot of them, office parties, holiday parties, you know there's going to be a lot of crap, you know. But there's usually salads, eat more of the healthy stuff, less of the bad stuff. It's just, it's, it's self-control. And a lot of people, you hear them say, I don't have the control. And I always go back to them, well, then who has it? If you don't have it, then you're really in trouble because you do have it. You just have to prove to yourself that you can do it.
0: You know, I think the most important thing that's been said so far was you just saying that there's no magic bullet, Maybe right? Because not. I think that that's what people want, and in most instances, societally, there are those quick fixes. There is the the one shot, you know, cure all or whatever it is. But with this, there isn't. But there's smaller, easier decisions and, and things that you can make that amount to, you know, not a magic bullet, but just as easy a solution, like mm-hmm. you said, right? Like, and it's funny, I've seen a trend, especially at the gym lately, of like these gigantic oversized water, you know, yeah, yeah. um, what do call yeah, it yeah, the jugs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's great. I mean, it's funny, right? Because it's clearly fad directed. You can see the different brands or whatever, but at least it's something positive in that yeah. regard. Um, and, you know, for me, one of the things that, Helped in terms of uh, making better food decisions was considering how my plate was was broken up, right? And again, too, plate size is a big issue. You go to these restaurants, you go to the diner. I got, I mean, I could not believe it was a salad, but I could not believe the size of yeah. this thing. Like I thought they were going to let me take it home and use it as like a planter. It was so <laughs> yeah. huge, and so. You know, being aware of that, especially if you're going out. And uh, I, I try to stay off the soapbox as much as possible. But in terms of that self control aspect, oh, dude, that's the thing that pisses me off more than anything else, right? Like, I decided years ago, maybe 10 years ago at this point, I wasn't going to drink when I went out. Like, I, I'm not a social drinker. Like, I'll, if you and I go out to have beers, that's great. Right. But if we're at somebody's party and they have Bud Light and Coors on yeah. tap, I'm not going to drink yeah. it. I don't care. Like, I don't, I personally don't feel the need. I'd rather save those calories.
1: Yeah, for something else. For something
0: good later, yeah. you know, or whatever. And so, again, it, it comes down in the moment for you to make those decisions. And yeah. I understand that that's hard for some people. But the the biggest misconception that I had when I started the, um, the body recomp and, and the nutritional journey was I was going to be eating, you know, lettuce leaves like that was going to be my meal holy shit i eat so much more now than i ever did before having in the process of losing all this weight it just comes down to what i'm eating yeah yeah with with thanksgiving you can have that fried turkey you can have stuff but i think being more cognizant of the amounts i think is is yeah
1: huge yeah the portion control and yeah just like yeah i mean I I think what happens a lot of times because it tastes good and people are so conditioned to the certain, like you said, the colors on the plate or what they like, they'll eat and they'll eat so fast that they don't feel. And then they're like, oh my, if you just take your time, eat a little more slowly or portion it out, eat, then wait, wait a little while. Wait 20, 30 minutes, see how you feel. Do you really need more? Look, that food's going to be out on the table for, for hours. Thanksgiving usually isn't a quick, you know, fast food in and out. It's like, you're there, so it's not going anywhere. Eat a little bit, see how you feel. Maybe then you go back for, you know, a, a seconds of something. But, man, it's, yeah, it, it's, there's no doubt about it. I think that that people just have to really, they just, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like, you have the, you just have to know that it's you that can make the look as easily as you can make a bad day, It takes the same amount of thought process. It's not like it takes more bandwidth or energy to make a good decision than it does to make a bad decision. Like it's just, you decide, I think it's always coming down to step one, the first step. I'll give you an example. So, you know, Wim Hof, I don't know if you know, who Wim Hof, uh, Wim Hof, he's called the Iceman. Look him up. You'll love him. But he's, uh, he's like, uh, Uh, a world renowned, uh, he's a doctor of, of like breath work science, you know, they call him the ice man because they'll pack him in ice and literally to the neck and he'll stay there for hours and hours and hours. His body temperature doesn't change. Typically where you would be frostbitten, he, he, it's because he knows how to breathe it's just the science behind it is wild. So he's like this mad scientist. He's the coolest guy. His story is cool. And if you met him, he's even even cooler. But I've been saying I gotta start doing some type of meditation. I've been saying that for a while. And I said, all right, I'm gonna do Wim Hof's breath work. And it's really simple, right? It's 30 breaths, three rounds of 30, what what one person describes as obnoxious breaths. (sighs) Do 30 breaths and on your 30th breath, when you blow it out, hold your breath as long as you can. Then inhale, hold that as long as you can and then start your next round. It literally takes eight minutes. I said that for like two months and guess what? Two weeks ago, I said, not I'm gonna go do three rounds. I said, I'm gonna do one round of 30 breaths. And you know what I did? I did it. And you know what I did the next day? I did it. After a few days, I said, it, it sounds easy, but uh, fucking breathing no, it's is brutal. intense, man. It's like, wow. I said, okay, I'm going to do two rounds. And guess what I did? Two rounds. The next day, I did two rounds. Probably skipped a day. Which is fine, because right. you're still- Yeah, exactly. I'm doing it. This week, on Monday, I started. I said, all right, I'm going to do three rounds. And literally, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday- or did three rounds. My point is I didn't go from, Hey, I got to do it to do it all three rounds. I didn't skip the complacency and the uh, laziness. I went through that. But when I committed, I was just, just like, just do it, man. Like, and I did it and I did it and I did it. And now it's like, it's, it's so easy I'm like, you're a jackass if you don't do it. like, it's so stupid. And, and there's a guy, uh, his name is Gary Brecka. And for anybody listening, I would recommend wholeheartedly Gary, B-R-E-C-K-A. Gary Brecka is a part of a uh, 10X health systems. He's a human biologist and regarded as like the top in the world. He's my guru. He's absolutely brilliant. I am b- one hundred percent buy into everything he says because it makes perfect sense. but um but Gary says it'll add seven years to your life. I'm like, so if I breathe for eight minutes a day, who cares? you skip a, a couple days here and there, I'm gonna I can add seven years to my life. Sign me up for that. Like, there's easy things, you know? Uh, so, yeah, there's so much information out there. I think the human body, whatever intelligence created us, whatever people believe, I am full. I, I think our body knows how to heal itself, It just needs the raw material. And the raw material, as you said before, is not processed sugar and all this crap. It's you know, close to the soil. I, I think meat is fine. You hear of the carnivore diet, and that's you know one other thing I, I wanted to say before we wrap is that everyone's like, oh, the carnivore diet, keto. I think you have to tinker. I think you have to find what works for you. You know, I've done a lot of different meal plans, some work, some don't, you know, and it's just finding out how do I feel? Is it sustainable? Again, is it duplicatable? Is it easy so that I have the tendency to repeat it? And when I do repeat it, how do I feel? What are the results that I'm getting? Am I energy high or energy low? Am I losing fat? Am I putting on lean muscle? No. Okay, then I would say, is my am I doing something wrong, or am I actually doing it, and it's just not the right fit for me? Um, but I think people have to find what works for them is is also uh, is really important. Just finding, hey, just keeping it, keeping it keeping it real but i think the body can heal itself when it's given the right resources and the right uh you know the right building blocks man i think we're miraculous beings i believe in not that i'm not i'm not against modern medicine or western medicine but i believe that most of us need that because we don't do the the obvious it's like hey type 2 diabetes you want to know what the cure is exercise and diet that's it not the drugs that are trying to you know well,
0: right, that, your, you <clears> exactly. That, that's what I was getting at in terms of like the, that quick fix magic bullet thing, right? Like I didn't know what I think is what it's called. Yeah, it Zempic, thing. Like, yeah. I just found that out recently that like people were taking it as like, you know, weight a, loss. a weight loss yeah. thing. And again, you know, and you used your flat tire analogy before, right? So to, to sort of modify that a little bit, I think of that circumstance as having, you know, a screw in your tire. So you have a slow leak, right? Well, you can either continue to drive it and then just fill it up every time it gets to a certain point, which is what I think the the dieting is or ozempic or whatever. Like, you're not addressing the issue. Yeah, you're the just core. treating the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you want to get that screw out of there, get it plugged, in, and you can be on your way. Uh, the breathing thing, I think, is so – it's something that – for me, at least, it's also tied to, like, mindfulness, right? So that was something that I thought was interesting that my nutrition coach brought up was when we would do our check-ins, she would be like, you know, how have your meals been? And at first, I was t- looking at it from a planning perspective, but she meant actually, like, eating. Like, was I present in the moment? Was I eating quickly? Was I enjoying it, slowing down to take the time? Yeah. And I, I feel like, it, it, to, to sum it up, basically, it comes down to two things that I think— and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think that two things that people could do right away that will help them, whether it's with nutrition, fitness, or just life in general, make incremental changes. You don't have to go like in terms yeah. of Thanksgiving. If you want to have the turkey and the mashed potatoes and whatever yeah. else, go for it. But if you want to make a change, maybe cut one thing out, just Absolutely. one, or or cut back on one thing. You yeah. know, like I I stopped. <clears throat> I know some people you know and, and the other part was so make an, an incremental change or make incremental changes and check in with yourself you know like do some self analytical work and and see like how do i feel do i feel better or worse is this helping or hurting and you know some people thrive in a situation where they're counting calories right and that's great if that works for you go yeah. for it you want to portion your food out in advance go for it but you know a, a simple solution you could make at uh, Thanksgiving time is just get like, you know, like the mixing spoons or whatever, get the, get the half cup and right. you know, have a half cup of, yeah. of the bad stuff or three quarters of a cup of yeah. the good stuff, whatever. Just, you know, give yourself a way to be accountable to yourself, be aware of what you're doing and just try to make one change, one positive change. Cause it'll, it'll build on itself.
1: Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. That's why when I started with the breathing, I, I know myself, I'm like, probably not going to do three rounds, but one's, a great start. Just like, oh, I don't have an hour and a half to go to the gym. How about 15 minutes? That's better than skipping. So I couldn't agree more. Incrementally, slowly, you know, making those changes is that's the name of the game. And then, you know, one becomes two, two becomes three, three becomes four, you know. So yeah, no, I uh, I whole wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, I do.
0: Yeah, well, Jay, I really appreciate you coming through, man. Yeah. I think there was some uh, some good information here for people. It's it's a challenge. I know it's something that I get frustrated with that it's a challenge. You know, like a, a first world problem, right? Yeah. Like eating better, but it's the environment we're in. And you know, if it if it was easy, we wouldn't have those statistics that we yeah. referenced before. No, you it's know? true. But it's uh, true. I appreciate you yeah. sort of being out at the forefront of, of fighting the good fight here. Uh, you know, I've I've always been a fan of yours and your perspective and stuff. And I can only imagine how many lives you've touched through that ripple effect, right. In terms of the direct impact through the max and then just socially at barbecues, bringing your own food, yeah, yeah. all those little things, it adds up. And, uh, you know, I try to, to perpetuate that. I like to give the shine to, to people who do those kinds of things. I appreciate been, it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming through. This was yeah, a lot of anytime, fun, man. Anytime brother. My pleasure, man. Really. This truly. Is great. All right. And thank you to everybody listening wherever and whenever you are.